0: Okay, I'm ready. Oh, but let's look this morning at uh, uh, Call Upon... Um, I just like to just say Call Upon Him. Watch this. We'll look at some people that actually did this. But in the book of Psalms here, I want us to go to... Uh, let me switch this back. Well, I'll stay in the King James, yeah. Just a moment. Uh, Psalms... Open this up. Here we go. Psalms 28... And, of course, notice it says a Psalm of David. Uh, and then let I want us to go straight down here to, uh, well, I just get it all. Look at this. Uh, Unto thee I will cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, you know. lest if you be silent to me, I be like those that go down to the pit. In other words, I'm going to die. You see, he's not saying, well, if you want me to live, let me live. But if not, no, he's saying, I want to live, you know. And sometimes we, we think we're not supposed to pray that way. But if you go back to the Bible, yes, you are. It's, it's almost like if, if you're a child, do you're not supposed to go to your parents if you get hurt or whatever? You better? You know? We're not going to call the hospital if we're hurt? You better? Okay, But now I want to get down to uh, this little part right here. This is fantastic. Okay, uh, look at verse seven here. <clears throat> he actually wraps it up right here, but uh, he says, "The Lord is my strength and shield." Now he's not making words up here. And notice what he says. My heart trusted in Him. This is King James. Okay, but anyway. In other words, I trusted the Lord. I was in trouble. I trusted in the Lord. Now look at this next phrase. And I am helped. Or as we would say, I was helped. When you ask, you get help. But now watch. Something serious must have been going on. He said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him. And I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. In other words, like, I got... Out of my jam, whatever it was, and there's little things that can just bug you, whether it's uh, physical or financial or whatever. Or you know, uh, I mean, the other day I was sitting in my office and I touched something with my wrist, you know, and and I thought, got another one of those little skin spots, is what I thought. And then I then I felt, I felt a little knot underneath there, and I thought, I thought, oh. And I was starting, you know how you just start, oh no, oh no. And what's funny, but Phil, I had reached over, touched this arm, same knots over there. And it, was, it was just part of my wrist, you know. But it really matters not. Even if you are in trouble with whatever uh, you feel like you're going to die or whatever, you, this is what we're talking about here. So watch this. He says, therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I'll praise Him. I'm going to switch this to the Living Bible. <clears throat> And let's see this. That was starting at uh, uh, verse 7. Let's see what happens here. Uh, Again, I mean, remember David's... I mean, you might... There's not much difference in Israel today than uh, what was going on back then. I mean, Israel's trying to... They're they're trying to survive with people trying to kill them. And it's just their... You know, it's on TV. It's just... their, Their plot is just they do not want Israel. Well, people did not want David. They did not like David. They wanted to kill him. So look what he says here. Uh, He says, he is my strength my shield from every danger I trusted in him and he helped me now this is what puts the smile on your face and you remember praise God I asked for his help and he got me out and then watch this he says joy arises in my heart till I burst out in song with him just like the woman that lost that coin she searched the whole house Jesus said and when she found it she called her friends because she was beside herself at that point You know, I mean you thought your world was going to be crushed and what happened now, let's take a for instance, because this is the beauty of uh, what the Lord's given us. Uh, we, have, we don't have to just go by what we feel like every day. You can go back and read these things. Watch this. Look at this incident that happened over here. Boy, I tell you what. And just think about, I trusted in him, and he helped me. And he said, man, I couldn't stand it. I just burst out in praise. Okay. Let's go to a story in 1 Samuel, and I'll try to help you remember where this is. It's at the very end. Okay. And I want to go to... Uh, well, we're going to keep it right here. Uh, okay. Just a little, Just to catch up a little bit in chapter 29, David left and his men, they're still trying to stay away from Saul. Saul is trying to kill him. The king of Israel is trying to kill David. Remember, David's the one that killed Goliath. Okay, now it's jealousy going on here. And David doesn't want to kill Saul. He loves him, but Saul has gone out of his mind. Anyway, David... Uh, has been hiding out with the Philistines and acting like he, I'm going to work with you a while, you know. So, And the Philistines liked him. Anyway, so David and his men were raiding these other towns. And actually, David was actually doing Saul's work. He was knocking out these other kingdoms that were essentially after. Anyway, bottom line is, David and his men, they left their family in town and said, hey, we'll be right back. We're going to go take care of business and have this war over here. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home Uh, at their city of Ziklag, they found found that the Amalekites had uh, raided the city and burned it to the ground. Uh Uh-oh. Well, who was in it? All the men's families. David's two wives. It's fixed to say in the next verse. Anyway, they raided, they burned the city to the ground, they carried off all the women and children. Oh, you know, you talk about making you sick at your stomach. Look at this. David and his men looked at the ruins and realized what happened to their families. Boy, that hits hard. Look at this, and they wept till they could weep no more. Boy, now we can relate to that. I mean, if you have, even if you saw a movie, you could relate to that. You're like, God, the sorrow. Oh my gosh. David's two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, were among those who had been captured. Look at this, David. Was seriously worried. Now, what was happening now? For their bitter grief for their children, the men in his army decided mutiny. They were so grieved they were wanting to kill David. That's the next verse. Watch this. Well, What did David do? Well, you know David. We read about his psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. Look what he says. He was seriously worried. For in their bitter grief for their children, now he's worried about his own kids too. The men began talking of killing him. But look at this: David took strength from the Lord. Now, actually, in this case, I'm going to switch back to the King James and look at that last verse. It says, "David took strength from the Lord." I mean, what did the Lord just show up and give him a free ride or something? No. Mm-mm. This is this is time of great concern. Uh, That's verse 6. Let's see what happens. He says here. Verse 6. Okay, David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. Well, yes. But look at this. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I mean, why nobody going to help me? If there's anything we learn from David, we don't need anybody else. We only need one thing, and that's the Lord. And the greatest part about this is that we do have that no matter what's going on. Over a year ago, I was going to meet Phil down here, and I've told this story before, but as I was going across those bridges down here, it was a little ice on those bridges, and I'm in one of my Volkswagens, and my dog Chaz was with me, and we lost control, and we spun at least three times. And I was saying, Lord, save me in Jesus' name. And of course, all of a sudden, my car is going straight and I just kept going. And I tell you what, I was bursting into song. I mean, joy. I was just happy. Uh, hallelujah. I remember I screamed hallelujah. Well, it wasn't even a year later. A year later, I'm near Gadsden, Alabama. It was that little weird snow we had right at the end in March. And I'm coming along, and I just thought, well, just keep on going. And I've been driving safe and whatever, but it doesn't matter. You're going to get yourself in trouble someday. The Lord will help you, okay? Don't worry about it. And all of a sudden, now I'm in my big truck. And I'm going 50 miles an hour, and I just on the interstate, and all of a sudden I go completely to the left, nine o'clock position. The road's going, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, yeah. But as soon as I lost control, I did the same thing. You know, I didn't say, well, I sure wish I had Laura to call, or I sure wish I had Dustin to call, or wish I had, you know, my mom. No, I don't need anybody. Mm mm. Mm mm. I immediately said, in Jesus' name, save me, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just call him a little. However you can say it, just ask for his help. And I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. I only went left, and then I went right, and then I went left one more time, and then all of a sudden, it went straight. Praise the Lord. And the banks on both sides were very steep. I just, uh, mm. praise the Lord. So anyway, watch this. David was greatly distressed. For he, the people spake about stoning him, but notice what he said. Uh, he, no, it said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Well, yeah, but it might be the Lord's will. I mean, you know what I mean? What are you gonna, I, none of this is the Lord's will. Where are we getting that from? We've heard that. Oh, ridiculous. So watch what happens here. Let's switch this back to the, uh, the King James, I mean the Living Bible. Okay, so David took strength from the Lord. And he, and, and he said uh, uh, to Abathar the priest, he said, bring me the oracle. So Abathar brought it, and David asked the Lord, shall I chase them? Will I catch them? You know, and the Lord said, yes, go after them. You'll recover everything that was taken from you. Praise the Lord. So David and his 600 men set out after the Amalekites, <clears throat> and they reached to, uh, the Brook of Bess, or you could just say the Flint River or whatever. Uh, and notice this, 200 men were too exhausted to cross. But the other 400 kept on going. Along the way they found an Egyptian youth in a field and they brought him to David. You know, this is so interesting because so many people think you know, and, it, and I tell you, it's just the enemy. I mean, the Bible's not true. Basically, people say it. It's not, look at the details. Oh, you know, these things, these things took place. I mean, you've got names and places and whatever. Like, here's an Egyptian youth they found in a field and he had nothing to eat or drink for three days and nights so they gave him a fig cake and Two clusters of raisins and some water, and his strength returned. And they said, "Who are you, and where'd you come from?" David asked him. He's going to say, "Well, I used to be a slave of one of the Amalekites." And he's going to say, "If you don't kill me, I'll tell you where they are." He said, "I'm an Egyptian, the servant of an Amalekite." He said, "My master left me behind three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Carthites in Negev and raided the south. In other words, Decatur and whatever Hazel Green." Okay. Anyway, and notice he said, we burned Ziklag. That was where David's family was. And he says, can you tell me where they went? David said, the young man said, if you swear by God's name, you won't kill me. You know, or give me back to my master. I'll guide you. Well, okay. Look what happens. So, uh, he led them to the Amalekite encampment. They were spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of loot they had taken from the Philistines and from the men of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them all that night and the entire next day until even. No one, except, no one uh, escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. Wow. Okay, David got back everything they had taken. Now, I got the details for a reason. Because if you get something taken from you, you're gonna get it all back. I mean, I'm telling you, God's gonna take care of you. He really will. The men recovered, uh, and you know something. You got a little bit of bad news fixing to hit here in just a moment. But David straightens it out. Watch this. The men re- recovered their families and their belongings. David rescued his two wives. Fantastic. Anyway, his troops rounded up all the flocks and herds and drove them on ahead. These are your person. These are yours personally as your reward. They told David. Okay, when they got back to the Flint River, or Bessar Brook, the 200 men that were too exhausted to go on, David greeted them. Look at this. David's like, hey, hey, look at this. Ah, but the other guys, the ruffians among Davids declared, hey, they didn't go fight with us. They don't need to get anything but giving their wives and their children back. But watch this. And can you imagine if you were one of those 200? You want to save your mom and dad and your kids and whatever, or your wife. But... You just lost all your strength. I mean, these two fellas here are trainers and whatever. And you know it's like. You <laughs> you might as well not do the drill if you run out. But does that change your heart? I mean, I know Dustin, if he was in this group here, they, he would have been a ringleader. But if he was at that point where I can't, I mean, I, I'm too exhausted. He'd be counting on his friends to go rescue his wife and his kids and whatever. And all of a sudden, they come back and you got some and they're going, well, they can have their families back, but they're not going to get any part of this because... You know, they didn't go to battle. Well, wait a minute. David said, no, my brothers. The Lord, look at this, has kept us safe and helped us defeat the enemy. And I tell you what, when you read the book of Psalms, that's all you hear about David saying the Lord keep you safe. He says, do you think anyone will listen to you when you talk like this? We share and share alike. Those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. King James says the stuff. (laughs) From then on, David made this a law in all Israel and it still followed today. Hallelujah! But they got them all back. Praise the Lord. Oh, uh, okay. So no wonder David uh, uh, says what he says here about, uh, in like I say in, in Psalm, uh, my heart trusted in him, and I was uh, helped. You know, praise the Lord. Uh, let's go to. I want to go to Psalm 130, 138. I want to do. It. Yeah, Psalm one thirty eight. Here's David again. Now watch this. He says, Lord, let me make sure I'm there. Yeah, well, Lord, with all my heart I thank you. I will sing your praises before the armies of angels. I face your temple as I worship giving thanks to you for all your loving kindness and your faithfulness for your promises are backed uh, by, all the honor, uh, by all the honor of your name. When I pray, you answer me and encourage me by giving me the strength I need. Oh Again, this is not I mean, we miss out on the highest praise because somehow we want to equate God with somebody who doesn't do anything and he's equal with all these other religions that don't do anything. And what's so funny is I really encourage you if to, you read you start with Genesis. Just read the first 5 books. Read my living Bible so you make sure you get it all without any struggling. But you're going to find out that God had basically had enough with what was going on. He was so being I mean, the name, the name of the Lord, the, the knowledge of the Lord was just off the earth just about. And so when the Israelites come out from under Pharaoh, it was because he was trying to tell the truth. reason they, they celebrate the Passover today, it was to remind them with the great miracles that God, only God could have done this to get a whole nation uh, out of underneath slavery and bring them to, like say, the Promised Land. And it was because nobody knew that this God even existed. You know? Even Pharaoh didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. But he believed it then. I mean. <laughs> so anyway, he says, When I pray, you answer me and you encourage me by giving me the strength I need. He says, Every king in all the earth shall give you thanks. And this is what's so interesting when the Israelites ultimately lost their nation. They get drug off under Nebuchadnezzar. You know, and Nebuchadnezzar has this huge image. Bow before this image. Of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, No, we're not going to do it. Well, Nebuchadnezzar ticked off. Remember the story? And Nebuchadnezzar, he says, well, heat it up seven times. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't say, get these guys out of my way. He went down there to see because those Israelites said, our God whom we serve is able and he will deliver us. You know? Many people think well, he says if, if he won't. But it does say if not. But it's if not related to if you throw us in or not. But David, I mean not David, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had upset Nebuchadnezzar so bad. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to see. And besides that, Nebuchadnezzar said, and who is this God that will deliver you out of my hand? And if you read Daniel, that king Nebuchadnezzar, in the next two chapters, he, he wound up having to graze like an ox. <laughs> He goes out there and he lost his mind. And Nebuchadnezzar realized that there was only one God. Remember Nebuchadnezzar had that dream in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel was sent for execution. uh, But anyway, when Daniel found out about it, he was going to get executed. Daniel did what he did here, like David. God, help! And when he found out the problem, he says, God, give me the interpretation of that dream. And he did. He did. And he went in there and told Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's finding out there is a great awesome God. That's the reason we have to watch it today in our prayer life. If we don't let God be awesome, in other words, you lose your keys, something breaks or whatever. I I'm, I'm just thankful we're so blessed. Sometimes we forget the great things that's happened this week and that's okay, you know. You remember, them, you tell me before you leave or whatever or you're telling some others. I know you can't be silent because when these great things happen, it just uh it just it's just wonderful. Every king in all the earth shall give you praise, O oh Lord. For all, uh, excuse me. For all of them shall hear your voice. Yes, they shall sing about. Uh, let's see what we got here. They'll sing about. Uh, uh, where did I go? Okay, yeah. They'll sing about all of Jehovah's glorious ways. For his glory is great. He says, uh, uh, yet though he is so great, he respects the humble, but the proud must keep their distance. He said, look at that. Now, this is great. Now, remember, this is the same old stuff, David. Same old stuff. Watch this. Though I am surrounded by troubles, look at this, you will bring me safely through them. I mean, I don't care what you're facing. You better be keeping these things in your prayers. God will get you out. You, I mean, G- God said in Isaiah, you'll walk through the fire and not be burned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't even smell like smoke. And once they landed in the fire, they were free. They were walking around. Anyway, you will uh, clench your fist against my angry enemies. Your power will save me. The Lord will work out His plans for my life. For your loving kindness, Lord, continues forever. Don't abandon me, for you have made me. Now, boy, sometimes we don't even think we're supposed to pray like that. Well, that's why we got ourselves so messed up. Don't abandon me, Lord. Oh no! Uh-uh. Don't you ever worry about it. Oh, uh, let me go to uh, the uh, the book of uh, Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy here first, and I want to go to chapter. Well, I'm there. Excuse me. Deuteronomy. We're going to go to chapter chapter nine. No, chapter eight. Excuse me. Now, Deuteronomy, I, I tell you, Deuteronomy, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, it really is. I mean, it, not just from a uh, uh, from, you know, preacher's standpoint or whatever, but I mean, you, you know who all comes here. We're, we're only here because we think something, we're getting blessed by the Lord. But interesting enough, Deuteronomy is like um, the Gettysburg Address. It starts out, and it's, this is right in the middle of a speech. This is the final speech. The promised Land's right over there. Everybody can see it. And Moses is standing there saying, okay, today we're going to the promised land. And I'm going to rehearse what we did in the last 38 years. And so he's telling everybody what took place. Okay? And he's saying, here's where we're going to go. But anyway, notice this. In chapter 8, Deuteronomy 8, you must obey all the commandments of the Lord I give you today. If you do, you will not only live... This this is... What a promise. And, And... Remember, don't think if you make one little silly mistake, you've messed up. We always have a sin sacrifice. There's a sin sacrifice. Okay. He says, you'll not only live, but you'll multiply and will go in and take over the land. It's so ridiculous. We as Christians, sometimes when we start thinking that the Lord doesn't want us to be blessed, and we're the ones that have been talking about the land of milk and honey. I mean, what's all that about? Type and shadow, you know. Well, I don't want to say it's land of milk and honey because, you know, Richard, you didn't qualify for that job and you're probably going to be pulled. I am not. No way. That's the reason I was having such a fit about it. I said, no, I am going to qualify and I am going to be blessed. I am going to be taken care of. And, of course, that's what's going on. Uh, Let's see. Uh, promised to your fathers by the Lord. Do you remember when the Lord led you through the wilderness all those 40 years, humbling you and testing you to find out how you would respond and whether or not you would really obey Him? Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry then feeding you with manna, a food previously uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, unknown uh, to both you and your ancestors. He did it to help you realize that food isn't everything and that real life comes by obeying every command of God. Now think about it. They were going... You know, God's going to bring us out here to drown, to die, whatever. And all of a sudden, no. He fed them with manna, didn't He? And then they got quail. He actually, think about it. This is six million plus people just came out of Egypt. Remember, that? no wonder they were complaining, going, well, how are we going to make it from here to the promised land and not die? God miraculously kept them. Pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. It was miraculous. Well, he said all these forty look at this, all these forty years now why do we have details? Look at this. Your clothes haven't grown old. Your feet haven't been blistered. I don't know about you, but I've had some foot problem before. And I'm seeing here that God took care of six million plus people's feet. I'm not gonna worry about my feet. It's almost like, oh Jesus, you can take me to heaven. Oh Lord, you'll answer my financial trouble. Oh this. But oh, having foot trouble. I guess this is my cross to bear. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it's lack of knowledge. We just, we just don't think God can help our feet. Well, Richard, it's gout. We're talking God. I, but I know, I remember one time, I was with my mother, one time we were at a store and, and there, was a, uh, there was a lady there and, and she had something on her neck and I asked my mom when I got in the car, said, what was that? Of course, I'm real little and it, she said it was a gorder. And it was just... And then when I learned some things about that, it was like scary. It's like, you lose that. you, you you, you, You know, you're doomed, whatever. Well, all kind of things can plague your mind thinking that you don't have any help from the Lord. And you need to erase all of those because your God is awesome, not for everybody else, but for you. For you, He will help you. I don't care what you're faced with. He cares about your little blistered feet. Wow. He said, so you should realize that a man, he says... Uh, so you should realize that as a man punishes his son, the Lord punishes you to help you. Now, we think God's out destroying us. No, the promised land is the promised land. These instructions to love your brother, that's where the details are. We just think God's up there just slinging rocks. Well, if you go back and look at the stories, oh, uh, if the punishment was like the sons of Korah, they didn't survive. The ground opened up and they got swallowed. Too late to get your punishment there. It was you know one-time lesson. That's not what's going on. Verse 6. Obey all the laws of the Lord your God. Walk in His ways. Fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into... Where is He bringing us? To a land of brooks and pools. Look at this. Gushing springs, valleys and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, grapes, fig trees, pomegranates, olive honey. It's a land where food is plentiful. Nothing is lacking. Why? 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 Well, the Lord wants to bless you. This is all yours today. Every bit. I don't even have to go to the Holy Land. It's just where you are right now. Notice this. But it's time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you don't forget the Lord your God. Boy, I tell you, it's so easy. You start going, I'm just, I'm just the hot shot You're at work. They're going to use my resume because, I'm, man, I'm just good. And I've learned, don't, no, never, uh-uh. I watched some things with Dustin the other day. We were He was showing me some... I mean, he, he can take some weights. I mean, he can take all of us, put us on his shoulder and toss us in there and set us down. I mean, really, it just looks that awesome. But I'm t- he'll tell you right now, it's the strength of the Lord. It is. And uh, people watch him, and he loves it because he's going to tell them it's the strength of the Lord. But I mean, notice this. When all these things take place, this is all God wants to do. Just beware. Just heads up. Don't say it's because you're just such a great person. You know. No, he says for when you have become full and prosperous and built fine homes to live in. That's the reason I'd be praying if my fine home was in trouble or something was broke in it. Well, I guess it's the Lord's will. You know, you win if you lose if you. Now I got foundation trouble, and you know, and this house is you know whatever. It's getting in bad shape. The Lord will fix it. Praise the Lord or you'll get you a better one. When you get flocks and herds that become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied, whoa, then it's time to watch out you don't become proud and forget the Lord your God who took you out of your slavery, I think that's what it says. Yeah. Beware that you don't forget to uh, look at this. Beware, you don't forget God who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with dangerous snakes and scorpions. Now not only is He concerned about my blistered feet, He's going to keep the ants off of you while you're in your yard. I, we just somehow think, somehow, everything's going great till a wasp stings you. Okay, Lord, you wonder. No, okay, nothing. Lord, keep me from the wasp. It's like Myrna and her bees or whatever. you, you got to deal with the bees, but praise the Lord. God, you got to help somehow make sure there's a shield that no bees get a hold of Myrna, get a hold of me, anybody. And the Lord will do it. It was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a kind of bread unknown before. Okay. Uh, and remember, he's repeating himself here. He said he did this so you would uh, uh, would trust him and you would grow and so he could do good to you. Okay. He did this so you would never feel that it was your own power, look at this, and might, look at this, He did it so that you would never feel it was your own power, might, that made you wealthy. Always remember, it's the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. Look at this, and He does it to fulfill His promise to His ancestors. Well, see, that's what we have in the New Testament. So, I mean, I tell you what, I don't care your job situation, whatever, anything related to your finances, your health insurance... The health insurance is not covered enough. Don't worry. God will cover the balance. He will. Just look for it. Look for it. He says, just don't forget about the Lord. Your God and, 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 and then go worship other gods and follow evil ways. He said, if you do, you're going to perish. Now, uh, real quickly, I want to go to the 9 just for a moment. Now, I just want you to see what happens here. We're not going to cover but just a few things. Watch this. Oh, Israel, listen. Remember, he's still talking. This is his still presidential speech. Today, you're going to cross the Jordan River and dispossess the nations on the other, other side. Now, look at this. The nations are much greater and more powerful than you are. But he says, don't worry about it. Heaven, don't you remember? I took care of you in Egypt. I'm going to take care of you here. And you know, what's interesting, when you read oh deuteronomy and exodus well i think it's deuteronomy and numbers the lord's mentioning this again and he uses bees himself actually hornets he says don't worry when you get over there i'm going to send hornets out there and i'm going to I mean, before you get there the other guys have already abandoned the city anyway they live in the high-walled cities among them the famed boy here's goliath's group oh my goodness Anak giants of whom no man can stand. But the Lord your God will go before you as a devouring fire and destroy them so that you will quickly conquer them and drive them out. Now, there's a point here I want to make because there's a point the Scriptures are going to make. Watch closely what he says. Then when the Lord's done this, don't say, the Lord helped us because we're so good. Now, let me bring this in a little. The Lord's going to heal me because I've been a good Christian. I've always honored my mother. He's going to heal you. I don't have a cross. Yeah, I do. He's going to heal you because of Jesus. And because He loves you, okay? He just flat loves you no matter what. But don't ever think it's because... And the reason I mention this is because sometimes we get... We're not we're not arrogant. No, it's just we just think, I'm not that good of a Christian. I don't know why God's going to help me financially. And I can't find my favorite ring. And I don't know why. why... I mean, I've not been... And we talk ourselves out of every prayer. And we need to be like David and say, Lord, I know I'm not very good, (laughs) but I'm looking at your mercy. Help me find my ring. Or help me get my wife back. My wives had two and my kids back. And God did it and He'll do it. So don't ever forget Deuteronomy chapter 9 where He says, look, and He's going to say this three times, watch this, in one verse. Don't say the Lord helped us because we're so good. He says, No, because it's the wickedness of the other nations that what they're doing. He said, It's not at all because you're such fine, upright people that the Lord will drive them out from before you. I say it again, here's number two. It's only because of the wickedness of the other nation, and because, watch what he says, of his promises to your ancestors. Uh Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he will do this. I say here it's the third time. I'll say it again. Oh, uh, Jehovah, your God is not giving you this good land because you are good. Look at this. <laughs> for, for you are not, <laughs> Lord, huh? You're wicked and stubborn. See, they got all the way to the Promised Land and they go, "Nah, mm-mm. we're better off in Egypt. We're going back." Oh, mercy! And they didn't even remember God destroyed. He totally annihilated Egypt. Egypt was like, here, get out of town. Take my money. Remember they gave them all these changes of clothes and money and everything? Get out of here, Israelites. Get out. Get out. Mm. But yet they turned around and said, well, our God can't help me pay the light bill. Oh, mercy. Please don't do that. Don't you remember and never forget it, how continually angry you made the Lord out in the wilderness. Anyway, he's going to keep saying these things. Let me tell you, it's just as simple as, oh, oh, last two places here. Oh, calling on the Lord. Here, let's go to, uh, let's wrap it up right here. I'll just tell the story. Uh, Jesus was on His way into, uh, He's on His way basically to Jerusalem. He's going to get crucified in the next couple of days, and He's riding that donkey, whatever, that, you know, that story. Anyway, along that same time frame, when He's coming in there, uh, a guy by the name of Bartimaeus, he's blind. And he hears it's Jesus and he's crying out. What's he doing? Pretty selfish prayer. Jesus is fixing to die, you know. What do you want? All you want is your sight back. That's that, mercy, that's just part of God. The opening of the eyes of the blind, recovering recovering sight to the blind, you know. And if you're hurting, you're hurting. Anyway, here's Jesus on the cross, and let's see what happens. Let me close this down here. Uh, let's pick it up where they got him. Crucified. Him. Okay, yeah. Uh, they put the crown. All right, they the hail him. They stripped him in the scarlet robe, the crown of long thorns. Oh, my goodness. Boy, and they were bowing before him. Here they go. Okay. On the way to the execution ground, they came. They found a man from Cyrene in Africa. Simon was his name. They forced him to carry, carry his cross. Oh, gee. Okay. Then they went to the area known as Golgotha, that is Skull Hill where the soldiers gave him drugged wine to drink, but when he tasted it, he refused. Okay. Anyway, he's hanging there. Two robbers were crucified with him. The people were uh, hurled abuse at him. So you can destroy the temple? Okay. Now look what these guys said right here. The chief priests and the elders, the leaders, they mocked him, said, he saved others. What do you mean saved others? Took them to heaven? No, it must be another kind of saving. Yeah. I'll tell you what. This Jesus is fantastic. Remember, Jesus' name alone means Savior. No, you don't. Please, don't push it off till you get to heaven. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Streets of gold, all that wonderful stuff. We're going to get there because of His mercy. But right now, don't miss out on His mercy right now. That, I mean, the Book of Romans, chapter ten, says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just talking about going to heaven, but. No, the word saved means safety, soundness, healing, deliverance, preservation. It means all five of those things in the, in the Greek. When you heard that, it just meant whatever. We use the word saved. You know, certainly doesn't mean my document I'm working on is going to heaven in a second now. I'm going to hit save. Well, that means you're not going to lose it, praise the Lord. Well, you're not going to lose your stuff either. Your, things that are going on in your life, the Lord's going to keep you protected. He's rich. The, the Scripture says in, in Romans chapter 10, remember, He's rich unto all That call upon Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You. By Your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, You'll take care of that. I mean, there may be some things really bothering us. We could have headaches, backaches, whatever, or just something serious. Looks like it might be the end of the life or something. Maybe someone we know, but Lord, thank You, Jesus. You'll get us out of that. Praise the Lord. Many times we've seen David write it down in the Psalms that I'll not die, but I'll live And I'll be among the land of the living. We thank you for it. Lord, I thank you. Same thing's true financially. You'll rescue us financially, just like you said. And if there's anything else that we're worried about, we just roll that burden over on you. Get us out of that trouble. And that doesn't leave anything left, but for as you said here in the Psalms, that we're going to burst out with joy telling others about what you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good.